Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, a an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and today I'm bringing you a fun and entertaining episode of Punky Brewster. The last one on Sunday was a tearjerker, so they decided the next one's gonna be a little lighthearted and fun. It's season three, episode sixteen, entitled "Tangled Web," which aired on November twentieth, nineteen eighty-seven. When Punky pretends to be an elderly woman and sneaks into an R-rated movie, Cherry and Margot cover for her truancy at school. So basically, Punky skips school to see a movie. And I'm sure she probably dresses up like an elderly person, not just to be able to get into the R-rated movie, because, but that's usually when the older folks tend to go in the movies in the afternoon. And that's usually when I would choose to go to the movies. Like, the first showing, early in the morning, like, 11 o'clock, that way, beat the rush, you don't got a bunch of children there, and all that good stuff. But apparently I can't even do that anymore, and that's why I just buy the movies that I want to watch really badly, or get them free from the library. Because movies are expensive nowadays, they're at least... If you go even during the day, it's at least 8 or $9 if you're going around, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And forget about popcorn and everything, because I think at the theater I go to, for a regular pop and popcorn, or wait, no, I think it's, like, a large popcorn and a drink or two drinks is over $20. That is highway robbery. That's how they get you. I would do like the popcorn bucket. I mean, that was like 40 bucks, but you just, every time you go, you just, you get the popcorn and it pays for itself. But it's just like the last one I got, I only saw like a couple movies with it. And it's like, this didn't even justify having it. Cause it was the winter one from like November until like April. And like I said, I only saw like a few movies with it, and it wasn't even worth it. I told Jeremy, like, I'm not doing this again. This is a waste of money. I mean, for me, because I don't see movies as much as I used to, but I mean, for any other theater goer who, like, I mean, because I used to see a lot of movies in the theater, but for the average theater goer, the popcorn bucket is a great, great idea. I wish they did something like that for, like, the drinks and stuff. Like, you get your own like, cup and everything, that'd be cool. That'd save money, too. And I'll get into more of my theater-going experiences. Um, a couple of which I had, um, a couple times I had, I didn't, I've never actually snuck into a movie without paying, which, that's not what Punky wants to do. She just wants to go to this R-rated, it's a, like, an alien-type film. So you know there's going to be violence, you know there's probably going to be maybe a little sex involved, maybe not, but it's probably mostly for violence and language. Um, but anyway, yeah, I never snuck into a movie without paying. I did sneak a friend into the movie The Patriot, though, because I um, had, like, nudged the back door open, you know, where you exit from down the long hallway, and I kind of nudged it open, and I had snuck him in to save the Patriot. Um, but no, there's a, a movie I wanted to see, and being it was radar, the theater I went to was very lax on, if you were 17, because I think I was 16 at the time, 
So, um, but I'll get more into that. We open up the episode with, it's in the kitchen, and it looks like it could very well be breakfast time or dinner time. I'm not sure. Oh, it's breakfast. Punky's eating a bowl of cereal. Okay. And it looks like Henry's all dressed up in a suit. He's ready to go to work. And it looks like this episode was written by Cheryl Alu, A-L-U. And it looks like she's written a couple episodes for Joni Loves Chachi, Laverne and Shirley, one episode for Silver Spoons, Boys Will Be Boys, never heard of that show. And she's written 12 episodes of Punky Brewster here. Let's see what she has. Uh, she wrote... Girls Will Be Boys in Season 2. In Season 3, she wrote Tons of Fun, Divorce Anderson Style. Okay, she wrote that one. And Tangled Web. For Season 4, she wrote a bit of them. She wrote the Season 4, Episode 1, The Nun Story. She wrote Poor Margo, where Margo's family goes broke. The Cosmetic Scam, Dear Diary, No, No, We Won't Go, 1 plus Tutor is 3, The Dilemma, and What's Your Sign? So she wrote quite a bit. So Henry's clearing off the table, and he's telling Punky, you know, he's already late. He's actually going to be photographing someone of the uh, Chicago Metropolitan Symphony. Kind of a big wig person here. And it's like, yeah, if you're running late, that's not going to look good on you. So Henry leaves and tells Punky, hey, eat your toast, get to school. And I believe this is the scene, I remember it, where she ends up giving Brandon the toast that has peanut butter all over it. So we get a bit of watching Brandon trying to choke down that piece of peanut butter covered toast. I want to play this little clip. This is just so cute. is really trying to choke down that toast because it's like of course the peanut butter's getting stuck to the roof of his mouth so he's really having issues like trying to get it down but it's just it's still a cute bit so in the living room uh, henry hasn't left yet he's just putting his hat on and that's when punky comes out and she asks have you reconsidered um what we talked about last night and he tells her no i haven't reconsidered letting you see space wars What's it called? Slime Wars in Space? Hold on. Slime Wars in Space. Of course, that's a made-up film. He tells her that movie's too scary. Well, also, it's if it's rated R, she's like six years too young to be watching it anyway. So it's mainly a concern for the violence. We don't know anything about whether there's bad language, whether there's any form of sex of any kind. We don't know. It's mainly just the violence, which, as a parent, you know... Well, I'm not a but, you know, in Henry's case, he's got to kind of be censoring the type of stuff. I mean, no way in Holy Moly Moo would he be allowing her to watch, like, The Walking Dead on television that would be, or Game of Thrones or anything like that. Not to say that Henry would have cable, let alone even HBO, but still, it's just... Some things that you just need to wait until you're a little older to watch. So Punky uses the line, you know how much I want to be an astronaut. 
I don't think this movie is going to have any way of helping you, like, prepare for that. That is a lame, lame, last-ditch excuse that you're trying to throw at him. So I'm going to play this clip of them discussing this. He's pretty much is case closed. She is not going to see this movie in his eyes. He's not going to let her. Every kid she knows in school is seeing this R-rated film. Their parents are taking them to see it. It's like... I know that it's like... I remember under the fine print it would say no child under six admitted even with an adult to an R-rated film. Um, oh, I want to talk about a debate that my dad and I had when I was about Punky's age. In 93, the movie The Good Son came out that starred Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. And Macaulay Culkin was a very bad boy. He tried to, he, hmm, kill his mother. And, you know, you see it in the previews. You see him hanging from the edge of a cliff with his mother holding on to him. Spoiler alert. Um, and the thing is... I had, you know, back in the day of book orders at school, scholastic book orders, I had gotten the book back when it was like $3.99, so I'd read the book, and of course, I loved Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin was so awesome back then, and I'm like, I gotta see this movie, I read the book. My dad was so against me seeing this movie, not just not seeing it in the theater, but when it came out on video, I was not seeing it. Whenever he'd take me to get movies, I'd like grab the, the copy of it and he'd tell me, no, put it back. You are not watching that. When you are 17, you can watch whatever the hell you want, but until then, you're not watching that movie. Um, yet he was kind of lax on other things. He's like, no, just not that movie. He's like, a kid who throws his mother off a cliff. What the F kind of blah, blah, blah. Oh, my dad was very, very... Anyway, when I finally was 17, my dad was having a poker night out in the garage. And he stopped to 
Smyrna to get whatever he needed, and they had movies there, like a couple uh, walls of movies, and the movie was in. And I picked it up. He's like, eh, whatever. It's just fine. So I did eventually see it. Actually, I saw some of it before that when my sister, hey, went to my sister's uh, husband's parents' house, and they were watching it. So I got to see some of the movie. So, yeah. But anyway, the fact that that debate went on for six years, a lot of, can I, no, put it back, went back and forth. So, that's just one thing my dad really stuck on was that movie. But then again, my sister was the queen of taping movies off of television that I probably shouldn't have been seeing when I was, like, eight or nine years old. Satisfaction with Julia Roberts and um, Justine Bateman. What were some of the other ones? There's one that was based on a true story about a, a stepdad and his stepdaughters that, like, arranged to kill his wife. That one was really, really dark. And it had a very young Moira Kelly from One Tree Hill in cutting, the Cutting Edge movie in it. And when my sister moved out, I took that VHS tape and I burned that thing. Because I was having nightmares for years. And I'm like, this ends now. This tape is going in the trash. So anyway, Henry pretty much says, you know what? No, you're not seeing that. Bye. I have to go to work. So he opens a door and Margot and Sherry are there. I'm guessing they're all going to walk to school together. So Cherry's like, hey, you ready to go, Punky? And she just looks at them like, get off my back, okay? Wow, throwing words back in Cherry's face. That's exactly what she said to Punky, but at least her words were more deserved because she was going through some um, major, major something-something. Punky's just angry because she can't see that movie. Come on, is that movie really that good? What's a Rotten Tomatoes rating? <laughs> they didn't have that back then. What did Siskel and Ebert say about that movie? Maybe we'll get that reference. Alright, I want to play this clip of the girls kind of talking with Punky and everything and finding out she's angry because she doesn't want... because she doesn't get to see that movie. And I love Margot saying... calling it a blue-collar temper tantrum. Oh my goodness.
So the girls sit down with Punky, and Punky tells them Henry won't let me see that movie. He's being very old-fashioned about it, Stone Age even. And Cherry and Margot are, like, talking this movie up like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's just, they're talking about their favorite parts, and Punky's getting kind of excited, and, and she's like, oh my god. And then... Cherry mentioned something about how the seats were vibrating and smoke was coming up from the floor and everything. It's like, that sounds like, I mean, not about the smoke coming up from the floor, but the vibrating seats, I don't think, did they, I don't think they had anything like, I mean, that's D-Box. I've never actually sat in one of those D-Box chairs, but that sounds like that's exactly what that, that's like technology in 87 before it's time. I want to see, I want to look that up real quick and see if they had anything like that in 87. Alright, I looked up stuff, but it really, I don't think that really existed back then. Um, but I guess uh, 3D isn't what it used to be anymore. Um, and people are, you know, staying home and wanting to watch movies in the privacy of their own home. And, which is understandable due to the cost, vibrating D-Box seats aren't exactly going to be pulling in the crowds. Not to mention, you're paying, like, twice the price of an actual ticket just to have your sheet, your, your, the seat that you're in vibrate back and forth and probably make you ill. Like, eh. I don't, I honestly wish... That we could just, like, pay, like, you know how you pay for Netflix? Like, pay a certain flat price to just have the movie at home. Yeah, movie theaters would lose out, but they're already kind of doing that with their prices and everything. And the lackluster films that are coming out, there's only a couple that I want to see this summer, and that's the sequel to Jurassic World. Uh, Fallen Kingdom, and The Incredibles 2. Even though, don't shoot them at, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of the first Incredibles. Jeremy really likes it, but I wouldn't mind seeing the sequel, though. So. Other than that, there's really not... I got a bunch of movies, some that are still in the shrink wrap that I bought in, since uh, the beginning of the year and last year that I just started watching. Um, Call Me By Your Name, which no way in hell would Henry be letting Punky see that movie. 
she wouldn't want to anyway. Um, and I watched Lady Bird. Um, with the uh, how do you say her name? Cersei uh, Ronan. She was in Brooklyn. The girl who was in Brooklyn and uh, other movies and stuff. Who he's like really big right now. She's a big, like, she makes independent movie. Well, Brooklyn wasn't an uh, independent movie. But anyway, anyway, I'm getting off track. All right, let's get back into this. We keep cutting back to Brandon with that peanut butter um, covered toast. Like, he's still working on that piece of toast. He's not gotten it down his throat yet. So Punky says this movie theater is in the mall. Is it the same mall that Henry works at? Because we finally get a shot of Warnemont's uh, photo studio, which we haven't seen that since, like, the end of season two. We have not caught a glimpse of it. The girls do convince Punky to cut class after lunch and go see, because there's a special showing of the Slime Wars in Space movie. And... Just to, you know, basically say that she's sick. And, and she, uh, Margo says, we'll tell the school nurse you went home early. Wouldn't you need to let the office know about that, too? to For uh, absence? I wonder if it's that easy nowadays to be able to go home sick. Like, you clearly you gotta have a parent coming and sign you out and everything. So Henry's getting stuff set up, and Andre Soxine, I'll just call him Andre, comes in. He's the symphony orchestra guy that I guess Henry's going to be taking his pictures. One of the questions that Punky posed to Margot was, how do I get into the movie without an adult? And we're going to see how uh, they threw that together. We get a poster that says Slime Wars in Space. Basically, slime looks like slime dripping down, green slime. You got wars in red, in in white, and then space is in blue, like red, white, blue. Ah, huh, interesting. So, Punky is dressed in this floral dress with a sweater thrown over the top, uh, the back of it, top of it, and she's got this hat that looks like it's got a veil coming down kind of to hide her face and she's got these big wider rim glasses so basically she's trying to pose as an elderly person how i don't think this is gonna work i really don't think this is gonna work that guy's gonna see right through that oh and she's holding a big handbag she's got a skirt on basically she's got the uh support hose and the old uh Shoes, just your classic senior citizen look, I guess, for 1987. How old is she pretending to be? Like, 60? 70? 80, maybe? I mean, it might be a smidge more convincing if, say, she, uh, had, uh, like a white wig or something. <laughs> maybe. Oh, this thing where this couple is just sitting down, Punky, like, sits on it, and it starts to rotate, and you see that other couple just kind of sitting there, like, why is this moving? Oh my gosh. That is kind of cool. A little. <laughs> so Henry's snapping pictures away. Clearly, she's gonna have to avoid going past Warnemont Studios, because it shares space in the mall with the theater. Speak of the devil... 
the day movie theater is directly across from Henry Studios. Oh my goodness gracious. So I want to play this clip of the scene of Punky going about getting ticket a ticket to see Slime Wars in space. in his little booth, classic, uh, geeky nerdish type with the glasses and the desperation in his voice, trying to get a date with a girl who clearly is not interested because she says, I'll go out with you on February 31st, uh, which there isn't a February 31st if the guy knew anything. He just so desperately wants a date. And Punky comes up to him and asks for a ticket. And basically the guy is like, hey, can you lift your veil? And she's like, why? He's like, because I need to see your face. That's offensive. Um, and he says, I need to make sure that everyone that gets into this movie is over 18. When was that? Seriously, was it 18? To go into an R-rated film in 1987? Because when I was growing up, it was 17. So what kind of theater is this place running? Like, who? It doesn't make any sense. Seriously? It was 17. So, Punky says, you know, I was in the war. I got shot in the ankles. That's why I can't stand up straight. And she's just yelling at the guy, and he's like, oh, here, here's your ticket. Movie prices apparently are $5 back in 87, really? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's better than, what is it today for a ticket at night? Like, at least 12 or more? But she was going in the afternoon, and even now to go see a movie in the afternoon, it's at least 8 or $9. So this is as good a time as any to mention how when I was 16, wasn't quite 17 yet, um, 
I wanted to see the movie, this was in 1999, I wanted to see the movie Cruel Intentions. I had Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Felipe, and Reese Witherspoon in it. I gotta see this movie. I even had the movie poster on my wall. I just just thought Ryan Felipe was so nice looking then. And um, my dad was going to take me, but then I guess we got called over to my aunt's house and there's a whole debate about this movie and blah, 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 and why I shouldn't see it. So I concocted a plan. Like, all right, what other movies are playing right around this time? Stepmom. Okay, sure. I'll see Stepmom, Dad. But I'm actually seeing Cruel Intentions. And then I saw Cruel Intentions a second time in the theater. And I said, well, what other movie? Oh, The Other Sister. I'm seeing The Other Sister in the movie theater, Dad. Of course he wasn't going to check the times or anything. Because, well, he trusted me. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I saw it twice in the theater. And I, yeah, that that was my uh, deviousness. I didn't have to dress up like a senior citizen or anything to get in. Um, because this theater I went to when I lived in, was growing up in Lowell, was really lax about, because I went and saw the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio in, um, 98. And this theater was really, really lax, because I think by then I was 17. Wait. No, I wasn't. I had my driver's license. Maybe I was. Anyway, um, because there were young kids in there. It was basically, for that showing, there was mainly just teenagers watching that film. We keep cutting back to Brandon with this toast, and it's like, okay, it was cute at first, but now it's like they're trying to just, like, fill up time here. So, was Henry taking pictures, or was he just now getting ready to take pictures? Because he tells the guy to strike a natural pose. The guy puts on this grayish wig. I don't know if he's trying to be Mozart or Amadeus, or because he's got this weird, like, ah, look in his eyes, like... So he's a conductor? What What in the world? Is this guy kind of known for being kooky and crazy or something? So Henry tells the guy, I think that looks a little forced. And the guy's like, oh, okay, okay you're right. Uh, how about this? He does the same exact pose again. The phone rings and... Well, Punky, it looks like you're in deep doo-doo because Henry just got a call from the school asking where... Punky is. Whoops. <laughs> didn't cover all your bases, or you didn't think this through enough, because you were going to clearly get a phone call home. The school nurse is calling Henry at his job, and of course he's like, well, it is sloppy Joe Day, so I can imagine she probably is sick. Which is exactly what Punky said as she was walking out the door to the apartment. Well, today is sloppy Joe Day, so I probably would get sick anyway. So, Henry hangs up the phone and decides to call home. Well, of course she's not going to be there. She's just right across the way. You could actually probably see her and her elderly person get up. So, he said, Henry says, I have to phone home or call home. And the guy's like, what are you, E.T.? Like, oh my goodness. That was kind of a poor joke. So, Henry says she was sent home sick from school. 
I don't think they would just release your child just to just walk home alone. Not today. They would have to, you would have to be signed out by an, a guardian or a parent. They're not just, all right, bye. Because can you imagine, what if she's walking home and she gets mugged or someone tries to grab her and, like, kidnap her? That school would probably be sued. Henry would be suing them. Like, what is going on here? This Andre composer guy is getting on my nerves. Like, what in the world? I know they needed something for Henry to do, but this guy's driving me up the wall. Oof. So, Henry's like, you know, I gotta check on my ch my daughter, alright? We're just gonna have to do this another time. And the guy's like, you shoot me now or you shoot me never. Like, like, whatever, just get out of my studio then. We're done here. Like, I care about my daughter more than whatever your kooky wackiness. <laughs> and Henry just glares at the guy. He's like, sir, I would very much like to shoot you. And Henry tells him, like, my daughter is more important than any job. So, he leaves the guy there and tells him just to practice being natural. And the guy, like, goes over to a long-standing mirror and just makes a weird face. And you can tell his wig is starting to fall off. It's like, what? Guy, are you mentally unstable? I know he's supposed to be kooky and weird, but this is too kooky for this show. This is off-the-wall bonkers. Okay, Punky, what? Oh, she got popcorn. Um, why is she coming back out? Did the movie end? Is it over already? That was a short movie. This guy is still making personal calls on the phone. What if somebody needed to get a hold of the theater for some reason? Oh, okay, so the movie hasn't... They, she hasn't even been seated for the movie yet. As she kind of comes out and sees that Henry's leaving. Did you think that he might be headed home? Oh my goodness. Sweetie, this plan of yours is going to blow up in your face. So I'm going to play this clip as looks like Punky has been caught. Sneak. And he's like, you were sneaking into that movie. And like, uh, she bought a ticket, jerk. So I'm going to play this clip. Where are your heads? Well, they're, they're, they're at the cleaners. See, I 
I didn't expect to come out before five. <laughs> Here, wear this. At least that way no one will know who you are. Did she see any of that movie? What if the guy just coming and he's checking randomly for kids that are sneaking into the theaters? I mean, wow. Um, she paid for a ticket. I mean, are you gonna get fined for an uh, underage kid being in your theater, seeing an R-rated film without an adult, an adult? I don't think so. So the manager ends up firing. The boy's name, we learn, is Claude, who was on the phone talking to his girlfriend, or whoever the heck she's supposed to be. And he, like, the manager strangles Claude with it, that telephone cord. That is very, very long. He says, you're fired. And then, of course, Punky gets defensive, like, hey, he didn't do anything wrong. It was me. I shouldn't have snuck in. She's kind of covering for the guy. Like, I don't want him to get fired because of me. And the guy tells uh, Claude to go home. Claude comes out. He doesn't even have any pants on. He's just wearing boxer shorts. I'm thinking, at first I'm like, whoa, buddy, what are you doing? Oh, my God. So his pants apparently are at the cleaners. You couldn't have found any other pants to wear? Shorts? Anything? So, (laughs) Yeah. Now we return back to the apartment as Henry and Betty are kind of looking like, where is Punky? She's supposed to be here. So, Henry's like, I don't know. She didn't leave a note. Where could she be? And Betty thinks, well, maybe she's just not home yet. I'm like, well, how far away is the school? And how long ago was uh, Henry told that she left? But then Betty brings up a very interesting thought. Maybe she's playing hooky, as in skipping school. Of course, Henry completely vetoes that idea. Like, no, Punky's not like that. She wouldn't do that. Like, she's a preteen, Henry. If she wants to see this movie, she's going to do what she's got to do to see this movie. And then Henry kind of looks at Betty like, "Mm -hmm." he's kind of doubting himself now. I said, well, would she? Like, "Mm, she might. And Betty's like, well, she hasn't done before, has she? And then Henry's like, no, no, I know my daughter. She's too honest for that. She would never do that. So Henry decides to call the police. And that's when Cherry comes in. And uh, Betty's like, well, we're looking for Punky. Would you happen to have any idea where she's at? So Betty informs Cherry, like, hey, Punky's missing. And Henry's calling the police. Cherry immediately jumps off the couch like her butt is on fire. And she's like, uh, I gotta go by. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. <laughs> but Betty tells her to freeze as soon as Cherry's at the door. Like, uh, you know more than you're letting on. Get your butt back here and tell me. Where is Punky? So Henry kind of kneels by the couch and asks Cherry, um, okay. Well, the nurse said that Punky was sick. She went home. Can you tell me how sick she was? Now, Cherry is starting like, oh, she's kind of green when I saw her. And then she changed to a pale yellow. So what? She's got scurvy? So Henry's like, was that before or after she saw the nurse? And of course, Cherry's like, um, I can't answer that. 
So Betty has Cherry stand up. She's like, do you know where Punky is? Tell me now. And of course, Cherry, ever the best friend, is going to like, basically, I'm taking this to my grave. And I can't say anything on the counts that I'll get grounded. And I'm thinking, you're going to get grounded regardless. So you better may as well talk, sweetie. So Betty threatens Cherry with a hairbrush as in, I'm going to beat your butt with this hairbrush. So you better tell me, where is she? So Cherry's like, well, I can't tell you that because she might not be there anymore. And Henry's like, slime. She's at the movies. Oh, yeah. Ooh, he guessed it. He got it. Yep. I mean, you figured that was the one thing you were arguing about with her this morning before you left. So, problem solved. So, um... Betty admits that, you know, Slime Wars in Space was a terrible movie and she never should have taken Cherry to see it. No, you probably shouldn't have. I remember when my grandma had taken me to see Dumb and Dumber and at the end of the movie she just looked at me and she's like, what was this movie rated? And I'm like, uh, PG-13? Because I would have been like 12 when Dumb and Dumber came out in 94. So, Henry looks at Cherry and says, hey, or asks her, did Punky see that movie? I need you to tell me the truth. What she did was dishonest, and I'll deal with her later. So, Betty and Cherry leave. Betty pretty much tells her, like, um, we're going to have a long talk about honesty. And Cherry's like, oh, are you going to punish me? And Betty's like, yeah, remember what happened to that baby, what's it, a drubble wall or something like that? And Cherry just races up the stairs and fear like, oh, go. All right, I'm playing this clip as Punky does the walk of shame coming in the door. Not expecting to see Punky or to see uh, Henry there. And I'm thinking, how long ago? What about, oh, she had to get home somehow. But then again, she got to the movies. So maybe she had to take the bus. short but hectic day. I do cancel my session with Andre Sockstein. Oh, too bad. Don't you want to know why? Sure. I received a call from Nurse Purse. She told me you got sick and had to leave school. Sick? Oh, yeah. <coughs> but when I got home, you weren't here. That's because when I got home, I felt much better, so I decided to go back to school. And why didn't you? Take two whole hours. Well, because you 
comes home, she comes up with this elaborate cockamamie story about how she saw a dog get hit by a car, the dog limped away, went up a tree, turns out the dog was actually a cat, uh, half cat, half dog, and something about a telephone pole, and then it finally she breaks and admits, I went to go see slime monsters, war, whatever, in space, and... Punky learns that due to all the lies she's been telling, Cherry got in trouble to cover up for her, and also, you know, that Claude guy got fired, which Punky explains that after some begging, the manager rehired Claude, and now Punky has to spend five days a week for a month cleaning out the theater. So is this just a one-screen theater because I didn't see any other movies playing there. Um, and Henry just tells her, you know, I was very worried that something might have happened to you. When I got a call that you had come home sick, I came home, you weren't there. I mean, it's like, do you know, have any idea how that made me feel? 
And, and, and Punky just, he realizes, like, you know, lies have a way of catching up with you, and lies can also hurt people and cause innocent people pain, like poor Cherry, who's getting punished now. And, um, turns out what Punky was feeling this whole time while she was doing all these lies is guilt. It's like, yeah, there's a reason that you have a conscience, and it tells you, reminds you what you're doing wrong when you're doing wrong. It, and it just, it, that guilt just, I've done things when I was younger and stuff I, I am not proud of, but I remember my conscience telling me, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, you shouldn't be doing this. Yet I pushed it away, yet I still felt very guilty. And, um, basically, Henry says, alright, well, while you're cleaning out the movie theater, you're going to be coming over to the studio and cleaning my studio out because I lost this account. So he adds up 250 times five days a week. Basically, she's going to be doing that for the next six months. And then on the weekends, even though she thinks, oh, I'll have weekends free, right? And he's like, oh, no. Mm -mm. You and Cherry are going to be raking the backyard. Like, yeah, you're not getting off that easy, sweetie. You deceived Henry. Not to mention, he didn't exactly say you broke my trust in you, and now you're going to have to earn that back, which he didn't say that, but it's just like, he figures this punishment in the theater are, are enough for, you know, Punky's lucky that that manager didn't say, I do not want to see you at this theater ever again. I, I don't care. You just, you don't do that. I mean, isn't there, like, what if, you know how the law of, you can get fined if you work at a store that sells cigarettes to minors? Well, you can get fined for that. What if the theater got fined for allowing underage kids into R-rated movies? They would really be stepping up their game then. But that is the end of the episode. Um, as far as for Brandon Tailwig rating, I'm going to rate this one pretty low. It really was okay. It wasn't great. I'm going to rate it a, um... Two out of five. I know that's very, very low, but it was just an okay episode. Um, what I liked about it was that Punky felt guilt, and she tried to make things right. I liked that the manager had a, a punishment for her. That uh, basically sneaking in, you know, underage was wrong. And Henry just saying that because I lost this account, you're going to pay me back through work. You're going to clean Warnemont Studios and you're going to rake the backyard. <clears throat> and um, some of the things I didn't really care for were I did not like that Andre composer guy. I loathed him. That was annoying. It went on for too long. It was basically filler. And the whole thing with Brandon with the toast, it was cute at first, but they kept cutting back to it at least four or five times. Like, okay, clearly they didn't have enough material to stretch out this episode to 22 minutes or however long. But, um, and it's just, I don't know, guys, this episode was just okay for me. It wasn't great. Alright, let's talk about episodes I'll be doing next week. We have Season 3, Episode 17, entitled Punky's Porker, which aired on November 27th, 19... 
November 25th, 1987, Punky enlists the aid of Cherry and Margo in kidnapping a pig to save it from being slaughtered. All right. So we get an a animal episode. And we also have next week, season three, episode 18, entitled This Spuds for You, which aired on December 1st, 1987. Spud threatens to jump off a building if Punky won't go to the Sadie Hawkins dance with him. So we get this uh, Spud Spud Blugner guy. Oh, and I guess we get to see his mother. Okay. Interesting. So those are the two episodes that I'll be talking about next week. We are really, uh, we're getting towards the wire here. We got So Long Studio coming up after that and Help Wanted. So we get to see The Birth of Punky Place. We also have Remember When, which is a giant clip show. That probably won't be a humongous episode. Um, And the season three finale entitled Unhooking Henry, which deals with Henry becoming addicted to his uh, sleeping pills. So Punky's got to try to break him of that. And then after that, we're going to be jumping into season four. But all right, that is the end of the episode. Um... As far as Punky's principles, um, guys, they have that rating system in place because, of course, they say, you know, you should be, you know, no one under 17 admitted. However, you can avoid that by, if you go with your parents and everything, but don't do an elaborate scheme and try to dress up like an elderly person. I mean, Punky really wanted to see that movie, and I'm surprised that Betty didn't just take Punky with her and Sherry. But then again, she would have been going against Henry's wishes. Henry didn't want her to see that movie. And just think about it. I mean, even though back in the day, movies when they came out on VHS, took at least six months or more, more if it were a Disney film. Um, But nowadays it takes, what, three, four months tops for a movie to come out on Blu-ray and DVD? And half the time you could just, if you're doing Netflix or Hulu, well, Netflix, I would say, is more of the movies one. Hulu has movies, but they're more for television shows, what I've noticed. But just... Be honest, just wait. I had to wait to see The Good Son even when it was on VHS. I had to wait six years. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> and then when I did see the movie, it's like, eh, Macaulay Culkin being bad, saying the F word. <laughs> All right, let's say hey to some punky peeps for the week, new and old. Roland Heights. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Brazil, Centerville, Maryland, Austin, Texas, France, Davison, Michigan, India, Australia, Bakersfield, California, and Eagle River, Arkansas. All right, everyone have a wonderful week, and I will be back next week with two new Punky Brewster episodes. If you guys want to connect with the podcast, you can do so by going to the Instagram Punky Power PB Podcast or Punky Power on unofficial Punky Brewster Podcast fan Facebook page. Or if you haven't yet, please go to iTunes, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and review if you can. Give it five stars if you can. It would be greatly appreciated just to get it out there more and more people 
seeing it. So, all right. Bye-bye.